Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsey, back for another week again ahead of round 11 with uh, Billy. How are you doing this week, Billy? Not too bad, buddy. Better than last week, I think. But we'll uh, roll on, see how we go. <laughs> Excellent. There wasn't as many bigger scores around the traps um, this past week, which is um, good to see um, because I think a lot of people were sort of around that 1,200 to 1,300 mark. There wasn't any sort of 1,450 or 1,500 1550 monsters that were out there, so that's good. Yeah, thank Christ for that. I think I was closer to 11. Yes, well, let's move straight into the mailbag for this week. Um, so, the first question is a bit of a media one, and it's kind of a, a bit of an, a, quick ori- um, a quick origin segment that we'll do on uh, buys and holds as far as origin gun players go. So, uh, first up question in regards to it though, what are the pros and cons for trading? top-line guns that play the origin period. Uh, so I'll hit up this one first, Billy, and then you can let me know what you think. But for me, I think the biggest pro of trading um, your origin guns during that origin period is making sure that you're going to be competitive during that period by making the best use of cash. So this, for example, guys like um, Latrell Mitchell, who we'll get to, he's um, priced at a lot of money, frees up a lot of cash, um, and isn't necessarily going to end up play, um, putting up maybe the points that he has in his bigger games. Um, so it lets you put on a stronger team on the park. I think it's pretty important. Um, it also allows you to, to get into the buy rounds really heavily and be able to compete in those. So I don't think if you hold, if you've got a strong team, every origin gun that you have, you'll be able to compete heavily in round 12 or round 16. It's just not possible numbers-wise. To be able to do that, so that's a big advantage. And as we know, those buy rounds, um, you're going to shoot up the ranks if you go really well. So probably the biggest pros there. Um, as far as cons go, um, you have to be really careful with the balance. So the big con is that if you're letting go of too many of your origin guns, then you're going to miss out on points in between the buys, and that's a big thing that you need to balance and try and avoid happening. So worst thing possible for, for it to happen is for you to trade out all of your origin guns. And yeah, you might hammer the two buy periods, but that in-between period, uh, you're not going to score anywhere near as many points as what you normally would. And someone who's maybe just held all their origin guys and only played with like 10 buy round players in round 12 or less uh, is still going to end up outscoring you over that period just because they've had those guys back up from origin in between and outscore the guys that aren't necessarily guns that you got in. So that's probably in the short version, Billy, the pros and cons for me in trading in and out your origin guns during that um, origin period, but as always, you've got to keep it balanced. Yeah, same same type of theory, mate. Um, exactly what you were saying. Um, round 13, you've got um, Storm versus Warriors, so um, a guy like Munster um, would be an ideal trade-out for round 12, but if you look at that sort of Warriors matchup and realise that, you know, um, five backs and a half backs and, and full backs are probably going to back up, it's more likely the forwards that aren't going to back up, so... It's guys like that which you might want to sort of um, uh, keep in, especially given that you know Munster actually has like a, a Saturday game, like a four-day turnaround, as opposed to someone like um, um, uh, a rabbit who might who play on the fr- on, on the Friday night with the, with the um, 
um, knights, tigers, and um, and raiders. So if you've got any sort of forwards in those games with a two-day turnaround that generally play sort of big events, those are the sorts of guys that you might want to sort of um, um, trade up, knowing that they might get a bit of a rest. Yep, 100%. And that leads nicely into the next part of the question, which is um, uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, which ones do you let go of and which ones do you keep? And we kind of covered that a little bit last week, but this week we're going to do some origin gunkeeper ranks. Um, so who you cash in and, and who you may be try and hold through the period. So I'll say with this before I go through each tier, we've got three tiers. We've got tier one, which is try and hold them if you can. Uh, tier two is, you know, either hold them or, or, or you can probably let them go as well, depending on your team structure. And tier three is basically trade them out. Um, and with all of those, the thing to take into account, the first one is we're looking at guys who uh, are scoring the most points because they're the most valuable. And you can keep it really simple and say, you know, the guys that are going to be scoring the most points when they play, those are the guys that you want to have in your team and not not get rid of. The guys that are the most consistent as well. Um, the other thing in regards to it is how many games are they going to miss? So, Billy, you raised, for example, um, you know, the Rabbits, but play the, the first game after the um, Origin, which it means that you're probably going to miss out on any Rabbits playing in that first game. So it's not just the buy that they're going to miss. It's the next game after, so you've really got to have a look at that and the draw in particular. Um, for these tiers, I've kind of just looked at more so, though, who's going to score the most points. So I'll run through them, Billy, and then maybe we'll concentrate on Tier 1 and you can give us your thoughts on it. So for Tier 1, we've got um, Cook, um, who actually plays the first Friday game, so he's unlikely to back up after Origin 1. And it's actually the same for Origin 2, so you've got some big risks um, that he's potentially going to miss two games maybe only miss one if we're lucky. Um, so something to think about and take into account. But he's a really strong hold if you can hold him all the way through. Uh, Ponga is the next on the Tier 1 list. Um, he plays the first Friday game after Origin 1, which makes him pretty unlikely. But for Origin 2, he's playing the Saturday game. So more chance of backing up then. Potentially could miss two games if they pop him in cotton wool, but more than likely he's going to just lose the one game extra. Uh, and Teddy is probably the best of the T1 guys as far as maybe losing another game. So with both State of Origin 1 and State of Origin 2 backups afterwards, those rounds for Teddy, he's not playing in the first couple of games and he's playing um, not on the Friday. So there's a good chance that Teddy's going to be backing up and that's going to be fine for him. But Cook, Ponga and Teddy make up the T1 that we've put together. How do you feel about those guys as far as trying to hold them through? Um, like I said before, I... Uh, I think your your halves, your fullbacks, and your and your your hookers are more likely to sort of to play back to back. But just your forwards, I wouldn't be concerned about any of those guys missing in action, um, apart from maybe Cook with with the two day turnaround. But uh, with a guy like him, he's got the um, you've got a soft draw between Origin, and the the comparison between him and any other hooker is just so great that he would be one I would I would be willing to sort of risk and keep anyway. The good thing is that he's um plays that um. Uh, that first game anyway. So if he's out, you can you can easily start. Um, you're planning for um, the next buy round anyway, and you get your, get your backup hooker as um, Cam Smith if you want to, or even if you really had to, just trade him to Cam Smith and then trade him back. But that's a decision you can wait until round twelve. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing with Cook, Ponger, and Teddy, uh, and one of the other considerations that I make with these tiers as well is that you also have to consider because they are some of the best players in the game. Uh, how hard it is to get them back because you're definitely going to want to get them back, won't you? And 
the problem is with these guys that when they cost seven hundred grand plus, uh, and they're guys like Ponga who Ponga's at six ninety eight thousand at the moment, and he's only got a thirty eight BE. He's only going up at the moment, and you know he's he's only scored below eighty one points once in his last seven outings. So he's very unlikely to be a lot cheaper. And what you find is later on when you're trying to get that run home, and you've only got two trades a week, uh, it makes it really hard to get those expensive guys in. Yeah, a guy like Ponger wouldn't be really be dropping just because of that. Um, unless you're really concerned about him coming up against the Rabbits, and it might be the one game that he started a little bit. Um, so that would mean uh, around around 12 by then coming up against the Rabbits two days after after Origin. If I was going to sell anyone, I, had, I absolutely had to. I'd probably move him on first before um, before Cook, mate. But um, yeah, uh, we just have a quick look at his draw after that round. Round fourteen, who's he got there? He's probably, yeah, he's got the storm in round fourteen. So if I was going to sell anyone, it'd be Ponger out of that. Yep. No, I'd agree with that. I'm actually going to hold Cook, Ponger, and Teddy myself. Teddy's the one with the least risk of missing a game, so that's a positive for him. Um, but those three guys are three of the at, top point scorers too. Looking at that draw, I wasn't going to sell any of them, but I would. I'm just very tempted to sort of sell Ponger now, missing that round twelve, then have two day turnaround away at the Rabbits on a Friday night, and then having. The storm uh, in Melbourne the week after that, and then having what well, they got, then they got the Broncos at home. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, only because um, for me, you're going to want him when he's playing, and if he's one of the top players in the game, and there hasn't been anyone better since he's gone to fullback, he's been basically the number one player since he's gone to fullback. I just don't think that you can but do without you, those points. I think if he's covered to fall, I think if Cody Walker gets um, doesn't get named for Origin. Um, with his draw coming up and that round 12, I think he's a guy that could kill you the other way, not earning. So I reckon he would probably be a straight swap in a straight back, straight swap back. Yep. And I've made some assumptions with this tier one too. Um, one of the assumptions was that Cody Walker isn't going to play Origin, um, just based on some of the predicted teams with the halves in place and stuff. So if Cody Walker plays, I'd probably have him close to tier one as well, just because um, he has been right up there um, battling out for the number one player spot as well. Um, but with all those guys, you know, I, I think it's pretty reasonable, Billy, for you to be able to hold three players through Origin. I don't think that you'd have to trade those guys. You you must have other guys that most teams would be able to trade. Yeah, look, um, uh, I think a good trade strategy for the buy would be to treat your um, your, your team kind of like the Melbourne Storm. Um, to keep your spine and just move move all your forwards around like pawns, and um, your um, your backs just uh, as high a base as, as possible, combined with a whole bunch of um, so any any type of rookie that sort of comes in for a couple of games now, and it'll be a cash out on the way through. Yep. And with any of these guys as well, um, you want to make sure that it's easy enough to get them in. Like I said, but that also includes looking at their BEs and stuff. And guys like Ponga, uh, Cook, and Teddy just aren't going to go down heaps over this period at the moment, based on what they're looking like. Um, let's have a look at the tier two guys, and these are guys that yeah, it'd be good if you can hold them, but otherwise, you know, it's fine to probably sell them as well. Uh, and the guy that's right at the top of this one I've got is Munster. So Munster's pretty close to a Tier 1, but um, I just don't see him in the same class as Cook, Ponger, and Teddy. Um, he's probably going to miss zero games, though, because both of them are Saturdays that he's backing up from from Origin 1 and 2. So he's um, probably you know close to a Tier 1 guy, but you probably can't keep him um, as well as Ponger and Teddy, being that they all sort of share the same position. And if you've got Walker as well, then I tend to think that Munster out of the four of those guys is a guy that I would trade out to get back in later. He's probably also got um, more 40-point games in him than some of those other guys do as well, Billy. 
Yeah, I'm just concerned about that Warriors game round thir- round 13 and then having the Knights um, at, at home. I just think he's got um, a decent kind of draw coming up. When we, I think it was around six or seven weeks ago when we did the, the draw analysis, um, one of the points I made was uh, Storm and Chooks guys pretty much had a hot and cold draw for the first 12 rounds and then after round, round 12 they really, really opened up. So um, round 13 was the guy to buy Storm players, not be selling them. So... If you if there was one one or two players to actually hold uh, between um, uh, over Origin, I would try to hold Munster and um, Munster and Teddy for sure. I'd, I'd be getting rid of Ponga. Yeah, so I'm a little bit different on my rankings. Um, I've got Cook, um, Teddy, Ponga, and then Munster. And Munster being fourth rung, he's in tier two for me, um, and he's expendable. I'm I'm going to try and hold Munster as well. So I've got all four. But if push comes to shove and I have to, I think that he's the one to go because I also own Cody Walker as well. Um, but the other three guys, Billy, um, I'm going to bunch them together because these are three Fords. So these are three premium Fords, but they're in tier two because, like you said, the Fords are a lot easier to, to swing back and forth from and you probably don't have as much of a drop-off in quality either with some of the other guys that you can get. And these guys are going to be a lot more beat up than some of the backs will. So a list of three for tier two. Uh, we've got Gerbo there. He's playing both Saturdays after each Origin match, so he's likely to miss zero games, but he's likely to also play big minutes in those Origin games. Um, Murray plays the first Friday um, after Origin 1, so Cam Murray is highly unlikely to, to back that one up. You can pretty much scratch him as a forward that's going to be playing a couple of days later. Um, and Arrow's the same. Arrow actually plays the first Friday game um, after Origin 2, though, so he's unlikely to back up Origin 2, the same as Cam Murray with Origin 1. So both of those guys are probably going to miss games. And with all of those guys, um, I mean, I guess Arrow's been putting up the best numbers over the last month. Um, but uh, And Murray's been great too. Gerbo probably hasn't been as good as what we expect. But being Ford's Billy, you know, they're nice to keep. But I'd much rather be keeping um, those other guys in the back line over these guys. The only, the only thing I disagree there is um, you can probably weigh on this one. How much time off does a bench forward need? It's not like Murray. It's not like Murray's going to be starting Origin. So, how many how many minutes do you think he needs in order to be rested two days later? Uh, I just think I, I reckon that there's no chance that he backs up two days later. A um, couple of reasons: one, yes, but, even just being a forward debuting in Origin, it's going to be a really big deal for the kid, um, and he's still going to get 30, 30 plus minutes um, at an Origin level. You know, that's still going to be bruised and battered afterwards. And Wayne Bennett being Wayne Bennett. He's got a really big, versatile forward pack there, and I just don't think that he's going to need to risk playing um, Cam Murray on a Friday night when he's just played the Wednesday. Yeah, I think you're right. I forgot the better factor. He, um, he's pretty much notorious for doing that. So, um, yeah, I have to agree with you. I'm not sure I'd be selling him, but, yeah, he's probably... A, a, if he makes origin, then, yeah, he's potentially missing 1.5, um, two games. So, yeah, probably a good option to get to sell. Yeah, and it's not, a, again, guys, with the tiers, it's not about you have to sell these guys. Um, these tier two guys, you know, look, if you can keep them, it's great. It's just that when you're getting down to, say, Cam Murray, you've already got potentially six or seven other Origin guys in front of him, and you just can't keep that many guys. So, I mean, if you've got Cook, Ponga, Teddy, Cody Walker, Munster, Gerbo, Arrow, Murray, you know, Murray's probably near the bottom of that list um, maybe arrows there for some people, but again, if you're six, seven, eight players deep, Billy, um, they might be good to hold on on paper, 
but you can't keep six or seven Origin players going through if you want to compete in the buys. You can keep a fair few, but I think you might be pushing limits around that many. Um, we've got Tier 3 as basically everybody else. Um, so Tier 3s, I, I would definitely trade them out. I'm interested on your opinion on this one, Billy, because um, some people will certainly disagree with some. Now, look, we've got people that are just straightforward, um, and we're only talking about some of the Origin guys that we think that will make it, that are reasonably owned. Um, but there's guys that aren't that popular like Oates um, uh, and Hunt that will be in the team that you're just going to have to sell those guys. Um, guys like Morgan are a definitive sell. Um, but the guys that are more heavily owned that are a little bit more of a discussion are probably going to be Latrell Mitchell and Angus Crichton. Now, I see Crichton as a definite sell because someone like Tom Malolo is already doing better than him anyway and not playing Origin, so I think that you've got upgrade options for him anyway. Um, but Latrell Mitchell, obviously a premium centre wing option. I'll tell you my thoughts on him, Billy, and then you can let me know whether you think he's a Tier 3 trade-out or not. Um, for me, Mitchell is one of those guys that's going to be quite hot and cold, so he can very easily go through and score you know, a couple of 40s during that Origin period. So as far as easy getting him back in later, he's priced at his top peak price, and he's got very much a potential to drop down in four or five weeks to trade him back in. So that's a big tick. Points-wise, it's a big tick again because you can certainly um, you know, tag a couple of 40-point games in there and get someone like Jared Croker who might be able to do better than Mitchell over that period as it is and not miss any games. So to me, the points um, you can make up for. It's really only if Mitchell's going to do 120, 130-point outing, which you can't really predict because he's so hot and cold. So... For me, he's, he's priced very highly, and he's a centre wing, which is very volatile. And as we know, with the volatile centre wings, Billy, that makes them the easiest to get in later on when they um, have a favourable BE and then drop down. Uh, he's got a massive break even at the moment too. So the only thing is, he's just got Panthers like the second week, second week after coming back from Origin. But then he's got then he's got um then he's got then he's got the dogs. So he's got a really high break even. He's going to lose, lose a bit of coin, but then he's got a couple of games before the next Origin where he could do that sort of one twenty, one thirty, one forty game again. So um, he's a real sort of fifty-fifty sort of call for um, each owner by themselves. Yeah, so I guess for Mitchell's tier three for me, and um, I know he's a bit more probably of a tier two for you by the sounds of it, Billy. For me, he's a definite trade out. Um, I'm going to think the people that have Mitchell on their side at this point have. You know, a reasonable amount of the Tier 1 guys, Cook, Ponga, Teddy, Cody Walker, a reasonable amount of the Tier 2 guys, Gerbo, Munster, Murray, Arrow. I see Mitchell below all those guys as far as trade-out goes um, and much more volatile than any of them. So when we're talking 9, 10 deep now going into Tier 3, um, I think Mitchell's a great trade-out because you're going to get 723 grand now to play with right before the buy. He's got 137 BE um, and... Yeah, he's you know playing Newcastle. Maybe they'll do well, but you know my Roosters, to be honest, haven't been on fire lately. And Newcastle is playing at home, so it's a bit of a trek for us. And notoriously, we don't do great over there. Uh, and then we've got Penrith straight after the buy. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much on the sell train for Latrell Mitchell. I'm I'm very hesitant to keep him if I owned him. Would you do that for overall as well as head-to-head players, or would you have a different strategy for? Um maybe head-to-head? Look, I even think for head-to-head, I'd trade Mitchell at the moment. Um, because if, I, if I'm head-to-head, one of the things that I want to look at at origin period is playing the numbers a little bit. Uh, even though I don't care about the buyers, you know, um, 
Latrell's again, 723k, 137b. Um, take a punt that he's not going to do that well against Newcastle, at least not, you know, over 70 or 60 points, maybe. Um, and then he's got the bye. And then during that origin period, the other thing with guys like Latrell, and this is, you know, not a stats thing, it's just sort of a feel thing. With Origin, you know, Latrell's still a young guy. Even though he played Origin last year, he's got a bit of an experience. He's still pretty young. And you can see it in some of the games. Like, people call him lazy and stuff. I don't really think it's as much of an attitude thing as it is he's still quite a young kid, just still getting used to NRL. And I think that he just gets tired. Like, mentally and physically, I think he can go off the boil just in a regular game. So during that Origin period, it's going to take a fair bit out of him. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe... Um, he's a little bit below his best backing up, even you know a few days later on a Saturday. Yeah, I think I think the, the amount of coin that he's got in the bank for you too. You probably if you sold him, you could probably split that pretty well and make up that value elsewhere. So um, yeah, good point. I think either or you could probably sell him um, if you if you got a crack, if you got a, um, a decent head to head opponent coming up and you can easily cover it though. You probably don't have to. You can hold off and then use him for that dogs game later on. So uh, pros and cons for each. Yeah, definitely. Um, and look, if if you're not playing the buys and you can hold all of these guys, sure, go for it. You know, because you don't care about the buys anyway. And if you're just purely head to head, that's fine. I think your goal is to hold as many possible. If you're not head to head and you're going overall, hold as many as possible, but um, make sure that you've got good numbers for the buy round still, so you can catch up. Um, and that probably tails it off, but. To finish off on Latrell Mitchell, Billy, the other last point I'll make to you is the reason why I do, whether I'm head-to-head or overall, the, the buy, swap, and sell on him is um, round 17. After that round 16 buy, um, the Roosters hit a really sweet run and Origins over for him. So they'll hit North Queensland uh, and Newcastle, both home games for the Roosters. Um, and then they'll hit the Bulldogs, the Titans, the Raiders, the Warriors, St. George and Penrith before they play Souths in the last game. So round 17 onwards, the Roosters actually have a really sweet draw. And I was mentioning this to a few people. The Roosters' toughest part of the draw is actually the first half of it for them. So that back third of it is going to be an opportune time to probably get a cheaper Latrell Mitchell in and then him to go back to sort of these 720k price brackets as well. Yeah, same with the Storm. Um, but yeah, especially, especially natural, mate. He's just the top guy you want to get to that run home. Yeah, definitely. Um, so pretty much, guys, if we haven't mentioned um, anyone else that makes the Origin team, it's because they're lowly owned or, or you should be trading them anyway. I think those are the main guys that should be spoken about. But um, Billy, I guess you probably pretty much agree with the strategy that you want to hold as many as you can um, and keep your top, your top scoring players as much as you can while still being able to compete in the buys pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, the only other thing to add here is um, I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but um, I've noticed I'm just doing the maths, maths a couple of hours ago. Um, we've all talked about quantity over sorry quality quality over quantity before, and it's so true. But given that um, uh, Ock is out and what, watching Allen score sort of what, ten points at fullback or twenty points at fullback uh, last week, I'm starting to think to myself you know, how how important is it to you know make an extra couple of trades this week. Um, versus versus hold off for the, the next buy round knowing that you know, I might I've currently got I think thirteen uh, before trading this week for round um, round twelve but only four to the next one uh, in order to get a decent fifteen this week I was going to trade out Zary uh, or Cherry whatever you call it but looking at that number I'm asking myself all right so should I 
should I try to aim for t- t- 22 players out of out of out of the 30, 34, or in a sort of 19 quality players out of, out of out of the 34, and, and can cat it that way? I think it's, I think I'm just coming to the conclusion that yeah, it, it is quality quality uh, of, of quantity. Yeah, fair call. Um, and this goes on well to another question that we had about um, uh, you know, is round 12 the main round? that you should be bulking up your team because there's not as many good players in round 16. And I tend to think that's the case. Um, I tend to see it as sort of round 12 being sort of a easy enough to have like a, a 14, 15 type of um, player roster for the round. Whereas round 16, um, I'm probably going to be more comfortable looking at sort of a 12-person buy round um, and you know be five short for that round. And I think that's fine based on the quality that's there. Yeah, just be careful how many people you let up with um, uh, from one team in round twelve. Because if you find yourself having um, just by looking at round at round thirteen, uh, uh, here we go, Eel, eels for example. So if you've got you know sort of four or five um, eels for round twelve, thinking all right, sweet, um, I'm pretty much solid there. Just remember you're playing against a full strength South team, and when you then when you come to uh, round thirteen, you're playing a full strength Sharks team at home. So just because you've got an extra sort of four or five numbers for that round twelve buy. How well do you think guys like um, Gutherson are actually going to go um, versus versus South and then away um, versus the Sharks? I mean, is it worth getting in getting in players like that, or or do you take take a mulligan on 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 someone like that and just go go to it like more more of a not a bum forward, but you know a guy like Fenua um, Blake who's um, uh, pumping out some decent numbers from 40 points. So I think you just need to be very careful about uh, who you pick up and what, what their opponents are and what their turnarounds are. Yeah, so the draw comes into it as well. Um, but let's move on from the buy stuff because we spent a lot of time on it. Um, and for everyone, we'll, you know, after we get to round 13, we'll do a round 16 um, half podcast strategy on uh, who we're targeting for that one and everything. But that should give everyone a bit of an idea on our opinions on who you can trade out and who you should probably try and keep the most for round 12. Uh, regular mailbag questions we had. First one, we've gone over Reese Martin a hell of a lot, so we're not going to spend time on it, but he's got 110 BE. He only played um, 16 minutes on the weekend for 15 points, so he's going to leak in cash massively, um, and they're playing the Storm this week as well. The question's obviously, do you drop him, or do you persist with him so you've got a number in round 12 and hope he starts and you can hold him, or just cut him now and get like a Tom Alolo in for him or something like that? Oh, if you can punch, if you need him to... I hit the eject button and get someone like Tormalolo. That's 100%, 100% worth it. Um, if you've got a crap load of players already and you're not too concerned and you can just let him rot, even if he drops all the way down you know, to $2 on your bench, it doesn't really matter because you're not going to play the bum. Um, but you'll have some... If you think about it, uh, uh, keep in mind he's my love child too, so I'm not thinking with a clear head when I say this. But um, he, he's he's quite likely the guy that can be your, your one or two percent pod because everyone else is selling him. But you know, two weeks or three weeks from now, or, or even this weekend, you know, at the last minute, the one of the last games of the weekend, Pay could put CHN into the centres, and all of a sudden he's getting 80 minutes on the edge. And how many people do you think are going to have him? Yeah, oh, look, I'd be tempted just to hold him, even though I think that he's he's gone downhill. But um, I wouldn't begrudge any owner. I think this is a very much a coin flip decision. You do what you want to do and what you think's best for your team, and go with your gut. I would probably hold him, um, and just if I have to take a 70, 80 grand hit the next two weeks, I'd just take it and I'd move him on in round thirteen if he's not looking like starting again. But he's already in my team. Hopefully, he'll play round twelve, um, and then. 
if he impresses. Maybe he starts round 13 and you've got a, a bit of a pod by that point that you can just hold. Otherwise, you know, you've got a number in round 12 and maybe it costs you 70, 80, 90, 100 grand. But, you know, you gave it a shot and he's probably worth it to see. Yeah, look, I think the decision this week is a lot different from it being round six. It's um, it's, it's round 11, there's a buy coming up and you've got plenty of cover as opposed to round six where you, you would have a 500,000 500, guy sitting on your bench doing nothing. Um, you can't do that. But I think uh, it's just the point in the season where you can make this decision and just, just let him sit there. Yeah, uh, equally as well, if you're a team that's already got like 15 by players from round 12, and I've seen a few of them, and you're just so annoyed with Martin and you've got no um, gut sense or feeling that he's going to start again and you just want to rid yourself of then that's the point where if I was your team, I would just go for it and just get another forward in, get a Tomalolo in, get a Fanil Blake in, get whatever, and just never look at his minutes or think about Reese Martin again because you've got the numbers for 12 anyway and you've decided that you don't even want to Keep him if he does start, then then just neck him now before he actually drops some cash. So, good arguments for both. There's only one thing I'm confident of, mate, and that is that 100% of people will own him next year. He'll be that bloody cheap. Oh, geez, another big call. We'll wait to see whether he's actually going to be in someone else's doghouse or not. Um, the next one is a dog's question, though. So, uh, Mike Painter, who listens to the podcast quite a bit, um, asked a really good question, and that was, you know, he's a pretty strategic guy, and he's a very good super coach player. He normally benches his dogs players versus Storm um, in most occasions, but the dogs actually turned up against the Storm and beat them last game. So, do you think that you should be benching your your dogs players, or should Mike be playing them against the, um, the Storm this week because they step up against them generally? Well, I would have been benching um, Ocker this week. I don't think he would have gone over for a, a, a double again. But um, I wouldn't be benching a guy like Tolman or your middle forwards because they, they uh, Tolman makes 40 tackles uh, per game, doesn't matter who he's playing against. It's, it would only be sort of guys that really punch out decent attack that I would be sort of getting rid of, that I would be not playing like a... Um, if I had him, like you'd be concerned about playing someone like Adam Walker or an RTS um, uh, versus Storm. But uh, yeah, a guy, a guy like uh, Reese Martin or um, Tolman uh, or um, just playing in a build doing the big minute work, I wouldn't be concerned about them. The only one I might be slightly uh, more more concerned about would be a, a CHM being an, an edgy. Um, he's, uh, uh, considering he scored. Um, 58 or something last week, but he but he also had a few minutes taken off him by um by uh, Martin coming on. I'd be a little bit more concerned about him, but the rest I wouldn't be concerned about. Yeah, I'd definitely play um, Tolman, and I'd definitely play CHN. There's no way in the world I'd play Reese Martin if you own Reese Martin. No chance in the world. If you somehow own one of the Canterbury backs, there's no way in the world I'd play them. Um, but. In saying all of that, um, you know, the Dogs did do well last time, but the other factor is anybody that plays against the Storm, um, the Storm give up the least amount of super coach points to their opposition as a team out of any other um, team in, in the game. So if a team's playing the Melbourne Storm, they generally put up some of the lowest points overall for the round. So, yeah, definitely a big no-no for any backs against them this week if you own them from the Dogs. Next question, um, Billy, was um, halfback swapping. So, you know, a lot of people are trading out Michael Morgan. Um, Some people have even still got CHT. So who are the best halfback options to trade Morgan out to? And is there any cheapy options that you would consider if there's no um, decent guns or alternatives, um, people like Cust and Dearden? I've looked and I've looked, mate, and I can't come up up with an answer to that one. Um, My previous answer was always just grab Cleary 
but it was so close to origin now you don't know if he's still going to get selected or not. So he'd be a bit of a risk grabbing him this week, especially after his performance last week. Um, all I can tell you is um, I'm tracking the VC on him this week, but I'm not sure I'd be buying him. Yeah, so Michael Morgan's only got a 56 BE this week, and he, he's at 392 grand, which is below his starting price. Um, playing the Raiders away isn't great because they're pretty good defensively, but uh, I would hold Morgan this week. I agree with you totally, Billy. And really, any any type of origin guys that you're going to be potentially getting in that have any shot, you'd really want to wait until next week to get them in. So if I own Michael Morgan, um, I'd be waiting till next week and hoping on Sunday night when they announce the origin teams that Nathan Cleary isn't in it. And if Nathan Cleary isn't in it, find the money to go Michael Morgan to Cleary. Um, and I think that's the best trade that you can make. And I don't really think that there's many tra- um, standout halfbacks for uh, the buyers um, if Cleary's not playing. Um, so I tend to think I wouldn't be going the others. Um, as far as the cheapies go, Custon did. And uh, I mean, Custon only just played his first game. He looked good in real life. But, you know, it's there's a lot of... Um, conjecture around how far away Daly Cherry Evans is. Obviously, he'll play Origin, but he'll return for the games after that. Uh, and they've got other options there as well. Um, you know, Custer's only played one game. He's not definitely going to hold that. Maybe after you watch him next week, if he's still got the spot and he looks really good, maybe he's a trade in then. But you'd want to see a couple of games from him first. Um, as far as Deedon goes, um, Deedon's obviously already had his rises. And look, I, me and you, Billy, both said last week that we weren't interested in him because he's just not putting up great numbers. He put up 23 points last week, and before that he had 39 and 33. He's just not putting up good enough numbers for me to to probably consider him when he's not even going to play round 12 for us. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about him at all, mate. The only two you might want to um, consider at this point is... Um, just watching Moses and Reynolds. Uh, if, if Reynolds is unlucky enough to um, to miss Origin, um, especially if Walker misses, Walker miss. Actually, regardless of whether Walker misses or not, because if Walker's playing, you've got a full strength uh, uh, Rabbits team versus the Eels. Um, Reynolds likely kick a few goals in that one. And if um, if um, Walker's out, you can make a decision between Reynolds or Moses, knowing that um, uh, Reynolds is going to get a lot more of the playmaking and potentially a few goals with a full-strength uh, Rabbits team. Or you could go um, go a pod like uh, Moses, who will sort of drop enough enough this weekend. Um, he'll he'll have a, de- a slightly depleted Rabbits team to play against uh, um, uh, with um, Cook, potentially Walker and Murray out. So all the Rabbits will be really strong, but they will be a little bit depleted, so you don't know which one's going to turn up. So that could be a half-decent game for either of those halfbacks. Yeah, it could be a decent game for either of them. Um, both of them are over 500k and not setting the world on fire, though. Um, so it's a real tough spot. I, I really, uh, I've said it all year, and, and I'll say it again. Cleary, to me, is the only real standout halfback that I want in my team. So I'd be praying that Cleary doesn't make it to the Origin team and hopefully he doesn't, then next week you just trade Cleary in, and I think that's the play. I wouldn't be stuffing around with any cheapies or uh, guys like Dearden and stuff at this point. Um, so let's... Yeah, yeah. no, just that Moses is just rocks with diamonds, though, and is slightly ahead of Cleary on average, surprisingly. So, um, yeah, but like you said, you've got to worry about the games after that. I think Cleary covers that uh, around 13, 14, 15 pretty well. Yeah, and um, uh, Cleary only dropped below Moses after last round. Before that, he was above him. Um, last round's 29 score killed his average. So. But yeah, hear what you say with Moses. He could be a bit of a shot in the dark pod, and he does play 12. Um, some other guys that are being asked about, um, 
for some gambles for guys to get in for the buy. So Kotrick played on in the centres um, on the weekend, and he looked quite good. Um, and I've been saying to everybody, with any of these guys like Nick Kotrick, you can't get them in this week. Just wait, because you need to see whether they're named in the origin side on Sunday first. There's heavy, heavy mail that Nick Kotrick is going to get a shot at origin. If he is, you know, you're going to kill yourself when you get to round 12 and you don't have him because you wasted the trade on him. He did score 65 on the weekend, um, but the other little caveat I'll throw in there is that whilst he's playing centre now and going to have a better base, that is only one game at NRL level. The rest of the time when he's been on the wing, um, he, he hasn't scored well at all. So he's only 363k. I'd be watching him this week, Billy, and then he becomes an option as a trade-in next week, potentially, if he doesn't make origin. Yeah, because if he, um, you, you would only be playing him for one week anyway. Even if he does kill it at centre three-quarter, are you still going to play him over um, uh, Nakora, Nickel Klockstad, CHM, um, th- th- those sort of, uh, Manu Mount, those, those uh, second rowers who have that higher base? I think he's probably just the reasonable price pod that you could probably uh, take a hit on by waiting a week. He'll, he will increase this week, but... Yeah, look, if he, if he kills it again, pay the extra 20, 30, 30 grand in tax. Yeah, he's still going to be sub 400. So, I mean, even if he goes up reasonably well, even if he scores like a 60, he's still going to be just under 400K. So, he's still going to be cheap enough for you to get in against the Bulldogs in round 12, and he's still going to have a low BE. And you're going to know that he's going to um, be named in the centres for a third week in a row, and you're going to know that he's not playing State of Origins. So, that's, that's when he becomes a good gamble for me. Yeah, mate, agree with all that. So, Whitehead, okay, is he a good option? So the stats-wise, Billy, um, I initially my initial thought in my head was I've looked at Whitehead so many times in the past and I think he's a bum and I don't know why people keep talking about him even though he's a dual secondary centre center wing. Um, you know, he didn't get past um, 40, not the 40s in points until the fifth game of the season. His first seven games, he you know only got out of the, the 40s once. So he was going really badly and that's in 80 minutes, obviously, in every one of those games. But the last three weeks, um, he's played really well. Um, he's gotten a 74, 63, and 78 on the weekend. So obviously that's why the appeals come about with a three-round average of 72. And he's 487K, so he's pretty cheap, and he's got a 30 BE, so he's probably going to be going up after this week. So I can see the appeal. Um, I just prefer other options, to be honest. I know that he's been popular the last few weeks, but... I would just rather get in a, a Jared Croker or a hundred grand less Kotrick if he's not playing Origin or uh, any of these other sort of guys. CHN's another guy that's comparable. You know, uh, there's just so many centre wings for round twelve that I'd rather than um, throwing Whitehead in just based on the the majority of his form until the last few weeks. Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, he's had a try assist um, in every one of those last three rounds to inflate those scores. So. Um... That's it. Uh, that's the only reason he's punching sort of uh, 74, 63, 78. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd much rather go like go a guy like Kroger, um, or someone yeah, even someone lower price price than that, mate. I just wouldn't want to bank on a guy like that for one game, and then that, that's a lot of coin to bring someone in for one game and not play him ever again. Yeah, hundred percent. And to give um, everyone a bit of um, a look back, even if we look past this season, last year he played eighty minute games as well, and he was still only. Um, doing 49 points a game. He just doesn't score that great. Um, he can go on a bit of a run, but I wouldn't be getting him. I just think that there's better options. Before we move on, one caveat we do need to add there is they do have a really good draw coming up. His, his own teammates are probably his biggest competition. The Raiders' draw is really good, but because their draw is so good, I think I'd rather the ceiling of a um, you know a Croker 
goal kicking and also even a Kotrick um, scoring some tries at a higher base and centre for 100k cheaper than Elliot um, Whitehead. So yeah, um, yeah. Just to give everyone some context, it's cows at home this week. Then it's dogs um, in Sydney for that uh, uh, buy round. Then you've got the Tigers away. So even though there's a couple of away games in there, there's a couple of games where he can score some points. But like you said, I'd maybe much rather the goal kicker knowing he's going to kick a few than wait for the guy that's going to that needs to break through the line. Yeah, I'm massive on Croker for for that center spot for that buy and then that run afterwards. Another guy that's being talked about quite a bit is someone that you've looked at a lot, Billy, and that is Manu Mau. Um, and part of the question, as far as um, you know. Him, trading him in or not for the buy as a centre wing option. We've already spoken about that, but it's also about whether he's going to return to the bench or keep um, starting on the edge. Now, I know this has been a bit of a controversial one for me. Um, I kind of don't understand where it's coming from too much. The only reason that um, Manu wasn't starting at the start of the year was because he was hurt. Um, he started the last few years, and I just don't really see that changing myself. Yeah, Lane was on a right side edge, but he only started playing left side when, when um, at that training when um, Wacko said that um, Mao, Mao was injured. So, um, same thing happened last year. I think it was around six to twelve last year. Mao, Mao covered the middle when Brown went down, average seventy two, but he had three tries in there. Um, his average over the previous few years was fifty three, fifty six, fifty six or something or other. Um, so his average was only inflated to 63 last year because of those games in the middle. Um, Brown isn't due back for um, another few rounds yet. So worst case scenario, you're going to get a guy that's sort of that scored there. Um, but 30, 30 points in tackles last week, 20 points in 20 points in hit-ups, uh, line break, a couple of tackle busts and offload, didn't score or try and scored sort of um, um, uh, 70 odd. So. I'd be pretty uh, happy with sort of taking that at centre three quarter this week, and then if he, when he goes back to uh, left edge, um, if he regresses to fifty five points, then just use him as a platform uh, to Bateman when he's healthy. But I think he's a really good option right now and a great platform if he if he ends up regressing. Yep, I think he's a really good option too, and I see him starting even when Brown returns. Um, I wouldn't be buying him this week with the BE of eighty and still five forty four. I'd be wanting to get a little bit of a discount and maybe targeting him next week. There was a young winger that started for the Rabbits in Hiroti, and we got a uh, question on whether um, Hiroti is a guy that might be a decent early trade-in because people need to downgrade this week. He scored 64 points um, in round 10 against the Raiders, but that was his first game. I'm always hesitant to get guys in until I can see that they're definitely going to get a rise on their name for that third game. He's um, got Braden Burns coming back in um, in maybe three or four weeks. He's also got Alex Johnson due back in three weeks. So I don't really see the rises out of him myself for me to take a punt on, on this rookie, um, you know, one game after he started his NRL career myself. Yeah, I'm not going to bother about him. I think he's probably just a... Um, if you're desperate um, and, you, and you're in the top sort of 100 and you need, you need if you're ahead and you've got plenty of trades, then yeah, okay, maybe burn one, but... Yeah, mate, I agree. Um, so we've got a, um, a, a team-specific question here that we'll hit before we go into the TLT. So uh, this one wanted to rename, remain anonymous. It's for Jim's team. Um, and he's basically said that he's getting beaten his head to head each week because he's um, playing um, cheapy centre-wing roulette where he's got to play someone out of Zeri, Garrick, Simonson and Allen. Um, and he needs to get another gun centre-wing. So out of... Garrick, Allen, um, Sherry, and I'm saying that right now, Sherry uh, and Simonson. 
um, out of Garrick, Allen, Sherry, Simonson, which one of those would you be trading out to a gun centre wing and sacrificing? Hard question. I don't think uh, Allen has made enough money yet. I reckon he'll probably give him... He's the worst of a lot, but give him a bit of time. I think I'll make a bit of coin. Um, and he's got the eels in, in, in round in, in the first buy. I'd probably get rid of... Um, the um, Garrick um, probably because he's, he's made he's made enough coin uh, he's made enough coin now and he can probably just almost not straight swap but use a little bit of extra coin to put him into a decent platform like uh, Mal or Croker um, and he's a head to head player as well so he doesn't care that much about the buy he said um, I, I was leaning Simonson as the worst player out of the four I think that he's the worst guy that's there he's scoring like twenties and stuff but in saying that um, Ruben Garrick has an eighty three be He's priced at 445k, um, so I would be tempted just to cash in as a head-to-head player because I think he's the easiest option for you to go straight to a gun. Um, 445k with some bank or a second trade, he's going to basically get you whoever you want, whereas Bailey Simonson is only 181k, so I don't think you're going to get much of an upgrade there or at least an easy upgrade without selling another gun or high price guys. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree yeah, like on Gary. Yeah, like we said before... Um, uh, Raiders have a good draw, good draw coming out. They're only going to take uh, Simonson um, and one decent score to have a massive negative break even, and he makes a bit more coin for you. Playing head to head, so he's not going to um, he's not going to burn you. Um, same thing with Allen. Couple couple of decent scores and a couple of decent teams coming up. Um, those two guys have the eels as well as that Raiders soft draw. So if you really really need to, those are two guys that you could actually keep in your back pocket for rushing all that with a soft draw as well as as well as the upgrade Garrick. So gives you a couple of other outs as well. Agree. Uh, so let's move on to TLT. So for round 11, um, so just remember, guys, you've got this round with your two trades and next round with your two trades. So four trades between the next two weeks to get you ready for the buy. We've got Eels versus Panthers on the Thursday at Bankwest Stadium. For the Eels, first of all, Blake Ferguson moves to centre. Takarangi to the bench. Um, so that's a pretty big one for him. He's got a BE of 100, Blake Ferguson. Um, chance at origin, but the rumour is that he's not going to be there, so... If that's the case, maybe next week he's a, he's a decent look, but could go well against the Panthers. Uh, and the Panthers team news, we've got Josh Mansell recalled. Uh, DWZ was actually dropped, which is um, sort of surprising in that they rate him highly, but um, based on his form, not really. James Maloney's suspended. He's replaced by Jerome Luai. And uh, James Fisher-Harris returns to lock, which means Liam Martin, who a lot of people were waiting to see if he was going to get the start still, ends up on the bench and becomes a pretty hard one if you were going to look at buying him. Um, so, Billy, Eels-Panthers, I think that will start off with the Panthers because I just have to say, I need to get that 80 minutes back of my life that I watched the Panthers play last week. They were horrendous. I really thought that they were going to turn up last week and they just had nothing. It was, it was really hard to watch. Yeah, I didn't see um, the game last week, but I read the Facebook updates, and they they were that bad. I wanted to turn Facebook off. So, um, <laughs> yeah, must have been her- must have been horrendous on the bloodshot eyes, mate. Oh, it was so bad, and the attack was just so terrible as well. And it was just dumb football. Mate, welcome to my life for the last thirty years. Well, they are playing your boys in the Eels, um, and you know we may as well start off with um, the B, C, and C options in this one because both the Eels and the Panthers have potentially been giving away quite a few points uh, in the last month of football. Who do you see as your VC or even C options in this one, mate? Uh, this is easy, Cleary. 
Yeah, we were both big on him last week, and he only scored 29 points. And I was actually quite surprised at the uproar where people were saying that they wanted to rage trade Cleary out when he, you know, averaged, you know, 70s in the five round average before that. You know, I thought there was this sort of yeah, one bad yeah. guy. Yeah, I know. But look, exactly what you said. Like he was, he, he was averaging 70 before that, and he's been doing absolutely bugger all nothing. Um, he's coming up. They're coming up against their old nemesis, the Eels, who are known to leak points. And when have you ever, ever, ever known a player to score 150 and then back it up with another 150? Mate, they all come from nowhere to, to score that 150. So if he's ever going to score one, um, that's probably the right conditions, the right time. And the fact that Maloney is out means he's going to get more of that, that, that uh, fifth tackle option. So um, I reckon he rams it a little bit more. And, and um, just getting rid of Maloney, I think, gives him a lot more potential to have that linebacker try system really boost his points a bit. So I'd, I'd take him. Yeah, I'd take him as well, and I don't think I'd look at anyone else in this game for a VCC option. I'd definitely only VC Cleary because there's going to be some risk with it, but I don't think it's a bad one. Um, when we're looking at market watch, Billy, um, good that we're talking about Cleary because he's already in the top 10 traded out, which absolutely astounds me. 2.5% of coaches have traded him out. Um, it's been all over social media that a lot of more people are thinking about it. There is no way I'd be trading out Nathan Cleary now. I've already said he's the number one halfback for me at the moment. Uh, surely these people should be hitting reverse and have better trades to do than trading out Nathan Cleary. Oh, unless his break-even is 250 versus the Eels and with Maloney out, I would be keeping him slapping a VC on him. You never know what's going to happen. Yep, 100% agreed. Um, the only other guy that's been traded in is Manu Ma'u, who's um, number nine on the most traded in list. Um, but we've already spoken quite a bit about him, so we'll skip him. Probably the only couple of other guys that I'm going to mention, Billy, is one, Fergo's got the 100 BE, so you probably can't get him this week, but I tell you what, uh, I know you don't like Clint Gutherson very much at the moment, but you know he's only a tad over 500k, and I'm going to be honest, because of the trades that I have to make, uh, I had a look at Clint Gutherson this week, and I still might trade him, trade him in just because of how bad Penrith have been. I just think Mao is more of a staple around the sort of same sort of price and is more likely to hit it um, just in base. To be fair, if you don't like Mao, I think he's an option, but I still think Mao is better. But uh, I would personally wait a week just to see what happens with Gutherson. Yeah, that's fair. He does have 115 BE, so um, he's going to you know, likely go down to maybe even as low as 450K. But you know, if you look at him this week and you're going to wait, if he's 450K next week, he presents immense value as a dual centre wing fullback option for your centre wing. He's just not a guy that's going to score 130, so I don't, I don't think he's going to crucify him by not, by not waiting a week. I think there's plenty of other options that you can get um, at a better break even, uh, like the two that were discussed uh, time and time again. Yep, yep. Uh, so, mate, who's going to win this Battle of the West over at Bankwest Stadium? Should be a massive crowd for Panthers versus Eels. What do you reckon is going to happen? On Eels' form at Bankwest, I'd say them. But on form for the last 20 years, I'd say Panthers. So I'm just, I hope, I really hope the boys get up, mate. I think, I think we are, we're due another win. But um, I reckon there'll be plenty of points in this from both teams as usual. So maybe a golden point special, hey? 30 all at 30 all at the 80th minute, and then 31-30 win to one of them. As long as Mano Mal kicks it, mate, I'm happy. <laughs> All right, Seagulls versus Titans is the first Friday night game. Uh, and big news for the Eagles is no Daily Cherry Evans or Lachlan Croker. So Cade Cust gets another game. Um, Dylan Walker, big watch this week. Um, he played well last week. He scored a try, 59 points. Didn't get a line break with that try, so it wasn't too bad. Had a couple of offloads. 
Uh, and for the Titans side of things, Michael Gordon's still not named. Uh, so AJ Brimson gets another shot at fullback. Peachy's still on the interchange bench, which means uh, Jesse Arthurs gets another start. Shannon Boyd returns with Futiaka uh, um, to start as well. So, Billy, this one here, um, I'm going to go in on a limb here and say that you've probably got no C or VC options here. What, those turbos making a cameo. <laughs> well, let's go straight over to Market Watch on this one because it's quite busy. Ruben Garrick's uh, the fourth most traded out player, but we both already agreed that um, he's definitely going to be, so that makes perfect sense. With traded in, guys, um, a couple of things surprised me. It didn't surprise me too much that Adam Fanuel Blake um, is getting traded in. He is only 522k. He went really well last week, um, and he's only in 2% of teams at the moment. He actually had two line breaks and a try last week. Managed to throw up 111 points for that. He he deservedly is on the most traded in list and should be more than, than a couple percent owned. Maybe. Um, I think what people are thinking there is that... Um um, because Jobo's going to be out, there's an extra eight minutes to go around, and his minutes aren't going to go down. They're already about as short as they can get. So, if he's punching out that PPM uh, at that rate, I reckon um, if he gets 50 minutes, it'd be probably a lot more devastating. Not not a lot more devastating. You can't score do more than a couple of line breaks and a try. Um, but it was Jobo. It was Jobo that fed it to him. Um, I think he's a half decent option at the price. Um, I think to power is probably more the, the, the staple one, knowing that he's going, he's going to be the more dominant guy and those offloads are going to come. Um, I'm not sold on him. Um, if he was 100 grand cheaper, maybe, but look, he's not the worst. I, I just can't, I just don't know what's going to happen with him. I don't know what sort of guy's going to, what sort of player is going to turn up. Yeah, he, he's put up really good points. I mean, he had an injury affected 30 points, um, but aside from that, he's had 111, 70, 63, 65, 69. That all sounds really good, and against the Titans this week, it matches up really well for him to have a big game. Only problem is that he's already been suspended twice, um, and he's already been hurt as well a couple of times during games. So, he's um, whether he's actually going to be playing every week is a bit of an issue. So that's I think that's the main big caveat for him. Um, one of the other guys, Billy, I'll get your take on. The big surprise on Market Watch for me was that the second most traded in player was Dylan Walker. 6.4% of coaches have already traded in Dylan Walker, which is quite a significant amount. He just comes in second um, under Tomalolo. I'm really liking Dylan Walker for 313k, um, and he does play the Gold Coast this weekend, so he could go quite well. Yeah, he could do, but if you're getting Dylan Walker in, I wouldn't be getting rid of uh, Ruben Garrick for him, because they got, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they both play on the same side? No, Walker's next to Tafua. Is he? Uh, okay, all right, that ruins that theory. I thought I saw him score on the right-hand side. Having two Sea Eagles in... in uh, you wouldn't play both of them, would you? You don't even play the one. Look, mate, I'm going to take a Mulligan on this one and just say, look, I would wait until next week at the, at the very least. I've made a number of mistakes this year playing guys versus the Titans versus, and versus Manly thinking they're going to leak points, but Manly haven't been leaking points, and I don't think the Titans have been leaking as much as what, what they have in the past. I think they're a little bit better than what they have been, so... I don't think this would be as high a scoring affair as you would think, and I would just sort of take a mulligan on this one and then wait for Walker and just uh, just just cheat arrow, just cheat arrow on knowing that he's going to sort of get to the 70 minutes again and just watch <laughs> his last game. I kind of get it um, getting him this week because I'm just going to go out on a limb and say we've said trade in about seven players next week with your two trades, so <laughs> I don't think you can wait on everybody, so I understand it. 
Um, and I'm, I looked at it this week because I don't know if I'll be able to fit in Walker next week if I'm doing my trades then. So I, I think he's a fine trade um, because mainly a 313K, I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt you. Um, if he doesn't go that great, you got that number for the round 12 buy and you trade him out later and you're probably going to make uh, some money off it. I just don't even buy. Last year, I think it was. Uh, I, I was in a head-to-head comp, and someone had someone bought. Was it the last year or the year before? I'm pretty sure it was last year. He scored, he scored a massive ton and absolutely crucified me. So I kind of thought, you know what? Um, when he comes back down to earth, I'll grab him. So he came back down to earth a little bit, but then he just plummeted and did nothing for the rest of the year. So I'm just scared of uh, getting a getting a guy like that who produces nothing and then uh, not playing the one week that he, he scores that big score. Yeah, fair enough. Not the greatest game here. There's a couple of little smokies, though, that I'm going to raise. A few people have been asking about Jesse Arthurs for the Titans. Um, I couldn't go near him myself because that back line's um, still got Michael Gordon to come back into it. Um, they also don't have um, Tyrone Peachy starting. He was a center before who could easily go back, and Philip Summy isn't, isn't there either, so... I just think that there's too many guys that could take Jesse Arthur's spot. So um, do you agree with me on him? Because he's been getting a little bit of a groundswell uh, amongst the community. No, I couldn't go near him, mate, for what you just said. I just Some 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 guys you've got to pick based on numbers. Some guys you've got to follow your heart. And some, some you've just got to follow, follow your gut with. And he doesn't really tick any of the boxes. Yeah, agreed. Um, but another guy that is um, secretly very interesting... Um, and I was a bit annoyed that in a couple of groups that we were in, he actually got brought up at the 11th hour before we made the podcast tonight because I didn't think anyone had noticed him. Supercoach immortal Dale Copley. Now, I know he's been, <laughs> I say that sarcastically, he's been a bump before in the past. He hasn't done very much at all. But very quietly this year, the last two games, he's got 82 and 50 points, which means he's got a 6 BE. And he's been averaging 60s across the, the six games that he started and played 80 minutes in the number five jersey which you know, was very surprising to me because he hasn't been that good before. Um, he is scoring quite a few tries, but in round five and six, he didn't score a try, and he still got 69 and 54 points. Um, the, the Titans actually have quite a good draw coming up with Manly, uh, the Cows, and then the Broncos um, after Origin, and then they hit both the Warriors and Manly before another buy. So 390k is a little bit expensive for my taste, but as far as pods go, he's actually putting up the numbers. And if he holds that position, he's going to make a fair bit of money over the next month. Who raised that one? I actually raised it during one of our game threads on the weekend. Um, and then uh, no one sort of, everyone sort of laughed about it and thought I was joking, which I was. But I was also half serious. And then um, uh, Simon Grunston actually mentioned it um, about an hour before he went to air tonight as well and uh, brought up his numbers and went, geez, I thought this guy was a bum, but look what the numbers he's putting up. 50, 52. With a with a line break try, fifty eight with a line break try. Then it was sixty nine with a try assist, fifty four with a try assist. Then he then he had a fifty, which also included a, which also included a line break try. And but here's here's the clincher. Then versus the Bulldogs, then he scored eighty two with two line break tries. His base is twenty, <laughs> twenty five. He's been. I think he's. Just gone on a run, and I just couldn't back him to to bounce back. And, and a lot of that opposition was uh, Souths, Warriors, Penrith, Newcastle, Tigers, Sharks, and Bulldogs. I can't do it. I understand I what you're it. saying. I understand the apprehension, but you know, after six games, the guy has got an attack in every single game. He's put up the numbers. He's got a low BE, 
And despite that draw that you just read out, the draw that he's got coming up is even better than that. It's um, not playing any teams like Souths or uh, even the Knights quality. That's not a not a bad draw at all for him. So I reckon he's a massive pun in the dark. He's got a 19 base, obviously. He's not very good, but in saying that, he hasn't scored below 50 points in the six games that he started in the number five jersey. So he's putting up the numbers. Just don't, just don't expect a massive score if he does a double. So... I'm going to do my uh, usual caveat here and uh, mention Moneyball, which is my get-out clause. It basically <laughs> means uh, I wouldn't put him in my team. However, I'm not going to bet against him, so he might be a Moneyball inclusion <laughs> discount. <laughs> He'd be a great Moneyball inclusion. Um, I can't do it for 390 If he was like 250 to 280 I'd actually be getting him in, but um, I just think he's a little bit expensive. But, you know, who knows what will happen. So, Seagulls, Titans, Billy, what do you reckon is going to happen? Who's winning? Uh, Seagulls, both. Eagles, I can't go past them either. They've been doing too good. Uh, Knights versus Roosters is the next one here. Connor Watson starting versus old club. That always happens. Kurt Mann back to the bench. Uh, then for the Roosters, very welcome returns to Boyd Cordner and Daniel Tupo. Um, and Takio is named, but he is carrying a leg injury, so just be aware if you own him. Um, other than that, uh, the Roosters are just about full strength um, for this one, and it should be a cracker up at McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. There's obviously a lot of ex-roosters in that Knights team, Billy, so I think they'll all get up for it. But um, it does make me wary of the captaincy choices. So Kalen Ponga and James Tedesco, a little bit wary of both of them because um, you know the roosters are obviously a good outfit and the Knights have been playing some pretty good football after absolutely destroying the Dragons last week. Yeah, I'd be seeing Teddy. I wouldn't be straight out captaining him. And I, if there was one week that I was going to lay Ponga, it was this week. Oh, you surely wouldn't lay Ponga out of your team. No, for the captaincy, mate. Oh, right, okay. When you said lay Ponga, I was going to say, mate, you better not be putting him in Jersey 18. Both those guys would still go really well. Um, I just, there's better options, surely, that you can do. Um, on Market Watch, uh, neither of these teams have anyone traded out much, uh, traded in much, sorry. Um, and traded out much. It's the same story. So two best fullbacks in the game going head-to-head, I reckon, Billy. Um, should be a really good matchup. Um, is there anyone else in this one that you got your eye on? I don't own him, but I'm kind of hoping that uh, Mitchell doesn't doesn't go ballistic. It just means he'll be a decent price when he comes back down to earth after the uh, after the next buy. I've been really disappointed with Crichton lately. He just seems to not, not be visible on the field whatsoever. But you go and have a look at your scores and all of a sudden they say, uh, well, most metres for the first half, uh, Angus Crichton, uh, high work rate, and he punches out a base of, a base of 16 or anything. Where the hell did that come from? I'll be watching Crichton uh, this week just to see how he, how he performs and see whether he's a worthwhile pick-up for the second half because he's been kind of underwhelming late, hasn't he? He has been, but i tell you what, I think he's been absolutely dudded lately. Like, he was... Um he had 78 points live in last week's game, and he downgraded to 59, um, which just it shouldn't happen. And I think a lot of it was tackle breaks and stuff and things that he shouldn't have actually lost. So uh, I actually think he's been dudded lately on his scores. I think he's been better than what his score suggests. Uh, yeah, someone mentioned, um, I don't know, uh, I read it somewhere that um, apparently Fox, Fox might have... Um change the the way they approach tackle bus this year. Like the old the old days of a Jordan Rapana fan isn't t- class class classified as a TV anymore. It has to be like a genuine actual tackle break. Yeah, there was a bit of a rumor going around about that. I don't know how true it is, but basically the the rumor that was gaining a bit of momentum was that um 
unless someone actually made a genuine tackle attempt on you, trying to go in with both arms and you went through the tackle, it wasn't going to be given. So the basic example was that if somebody was going across the field, like say Fafita does and crabbing, and someone kind of goes towards you and you push them off in the chest, that wasn't going to be given as a tackle break, whereas before it was. Don't know how true it is, but that's basically where that came from. But let's move on to another guy I want, I want to mention to you, Billy. Mitchell Pierce is coming up against his old club. And if you're looking at sample sizes over the last month, he's actually been the best player in the game. He's got a three-round average of 97. He's got a five-round average of 85. His last five rounds read like absolute supercoach poetry. 61 points, 75 points, 103 points, 76 points, 111 points. He has been absolutely on fire. He scored a try in the last four games, and he's been putting in a massive effort to get that Knights attack rolling. Um, 612,000 now. If you took a pun on him, um, I know in my draft comp a month ago, Luke Garrity grabbed him and I was filthy. Um, or if you, uh, you know, brought him in, you know, after round three or something and thought, you know, maybe he'll fire. You're absolutely killing at the moment with Mitch Pearce in your team. Yeah, what's his break even this week, buddy? 27 break even this week, so um, he's going to be going up again. I reckon Roosters can chain him this week, but um, just going back on the on that conversation we were having half an hour ago about our um, best number seven trading, um, you could do worse things than trade him in this week and just take a uh, forward as an AE for that number seven. It's not like everyone's going to have going to have a full seventeen for around um, the first buy, so he might be that the answer to that question that you raised earlier. Yeah, I, I was actually looking at him as a target for round 15 versus the Broncos um, because if he's not in origin um, and you're assuming he's not at this stage, he plays round 16 against the Warriors and round 15, 16 and 17 are three games in a row at home at McDonald Jones Stadium. So he's got the Broncos, Warriors and Bulldogs all at home and that includes the Warriors in round 16 for the bye. Um, so he's actually got a really nice draw there. Um, in the sweet spot for that buy. And then they've actually got a really nice finish to uh, the year. So after the Roosters in round 18, they hit the Tigers, Manly, Para, Cowboys, Tigers, Titans, and Penrith at the last game. So the Knights' run home looks really good. The thing that's thrown the spanner in the works is that even if he doesn't do well against the Roosters this week, um, he's still going to go up in money, and he's still got some big scores in his rolling average with two tons in his last three games. So I was expecting him to be pretty cheap for round 15 with the Broncos, hopefully 450 to 500. He's just not going to be that cheap, unfortunately. kind of wish I had the money for him this week now, but you would have to play him. So, yeah, maybe just take the price hike and pick him up um, Pick him up round 12, I think. He's probably a really good option for them. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a pod option too. So definite watch this week. I reckon he goes well against his old club, but I don't think he puts a ton on him. Um, other than that, mate, um, I think the Roosters win, but I reckon this is going to be a hard-fought game, really good one. I reckon this might be a, a 24-18 style Roosters win. Yeah, we talk about momentum from time to time. It's, it's a really big thing, and Knights are on a, Knights are on a roll. Um, they're, they're inside the eight now. They'll be, they'll be pushing for a win, but uh, your boys are the better team, but it's in the Knights' backyard, mate. Yep. Next game's Raiders versus Cows. So with this one, um, the big news is Hunton Young is starting, but Joseph Tapani is back on the bench. Um, so the rumours that he was back in a couple of weeks have finally come to fruition. Um, but I'm going to give a big shout-out to Wilfred because Hudson Young is still starting, so we've still got an out there. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tapani's on the bench and hopefully going to rotate through the middle. 
Now, for the cows, Ben Hampton's torn his bicep, so he's going to be out long term. That means Gideon uh, Geller-Mosby comes in to the side, and he's probably going to be in long term and has some try-scoring potential. Uh, Josh McGuire is named in the reserves and the extended bench, so he might be coming into the side. Any uh, captaincy options at GIO Stadium or VC options that you like in this one? I was tossing up the idea of um, CNK before, but um, I don't think he'll. I don't think he's got a big enough score, um, so I'd probably I'd left him out. It, if you owned um, if you own Croker though, I think he's the one. He, he's the one option to VC um, unless you want to chuck a, a mid weekend Sion Lolo. But I would much prefer to sort of. Um, wait for the um, the old Cook versus the Tigers for that C option. Yeah, fair call. Um, I thought about the C on Tamalolo. I think he's a definite option this week. Uh, but VC, I actually quite like Jared Croker. Um, I know that he doesn't go that big that, that often, but he can do a 120-point score if um, the Raiders do tail out the Cowboys. And, sorry, and, when he, and when he does, it's always at home, and it's always from, um, from the mid-season onwards. Yeah, very much so. So, um, yeah, I really like that, but... Um, Nickel Clockstad's had a couple of lower scores um, of late, which has been unlike him. But um, I expect him to have a really good run against the Cows as well. I'm pretty sure that the Cows give up um, bulk super coach points to opposing fullbacks as well, Billy. I haven't checked the numbers on that one. Not historically, but potentially this year. Yep. And what do you think happens with Hudson Young? So he's still starting, um, but we've got Tappany on the bench. Um, I'm thinking that Hudson Young's still getting 60 minutes. I don't know. Um... Bateman, when Bateman was playing middle, he was he was playing uh, he was playing big minutes. Um, but you've got um, what's his name there? The, the other the other pom there now. So I don't know if he's got as big a motor. I, I doubt it. Um, and Sticky generally rotates the the, um, the middle guys for sort of 40, 45 minutes each, um, and has a um, two eighty minute edges. So I'm kind of hoping that Hudson sort of sticks around for the bigger minutes. But he is the second string edge, so I'd be more confident of. Um, him getting bigger minutes than um, than Mao going to going to the edge, but I don't know if he's going to be sticking around that long. Yeah, I reckon that he's going to be getting sixty plus myself. I think that um, he'll take a twenty minute hit, and um, Ryan Sutton's going to take a bit of a hit as well. Tappany's a pretty big body, and he needs to get his um, needs to get his game time back up to to get his fitness up. Um, and he's been injured quite a bit, so I don't think that he's going to be playing huge minutes off the bat anyway. So it should be good news for round twelve, um, and the good news for this week and next is that Young's still got low BEs, so he's only got a 7 BE this week, um, still got a chance to maybe punch out a 50, and he's still going to have a low BE next week, so you're still going to make the money out of him um, across the next couple of weeks and have the round 12 cover, it looks like. Yeah, he played 80 minutes last week, and yeah, apart apart from tapping his um, uh, injury games, every edge has pretty much played uh, uh, 80 minutes, it seems. Yeah, it's just a matter of how um, how sticky wants to get tapping into those minutes, I guess. Um, I sort of thought that he'd take some off Sutton at 13 and, all, and maybe some on the edge um, in Hudson's spot. But maybe Hudson's earned his spot and they, they like him there for the time being, hopefully. Yeah, mate. Hopefully he just sticks around for a couple of games, um, get some, get some uh, bigger minutes for um, first buy around, then you can just get rid of him. So uh, I'm going for Raiders in a, in a canter, mate. I think they're going to win by 18 points in this one. Yeah, I think um, Nichols clock stad for a try and Croker to kick a few this week, I reckon, mate. Yep. Uh, next one, we've got the Warriors versus the Broncos. Um, Ignatius Parsi is suspended, so Adam Blair returns. Um, other than that, we've got Patrick Herbert still there after a massive score last week. 
um, for the Broncos. Tavita Pangai uh, returns to the starting lineup. Had a huge, I think, seven offloads last week. Thomas Flegler's back to the bench, but he was a sell a while ago. Um, other than that, the Broncos are unchanged, so um, the centre pairing of Staggs and Shibasaki is firming. So, Billy, in this one, it's a, it's a bit of a tough one for me to read. I, I sort of feel like the Broncos are hitting some form, uh, have a bit of motivation, a little bit of momentum and confidence, but they are playing uh, the Warriors over at Mount Smart, which might be a bit of a hard trek for them. Yeah, they've got to go over the ditch, mate, and the Warriors put, um, played well in Brisbane last time, so... Doesn't matter where they play Brisbane, mate. They're going, they're going to step up. Um, I, I would think anyway. Um, I'd be scared to own any sort of Bronco player in this team apart from Haas, mate. Um, and um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be captain. I would not be captaining him, but I'd be, I'd be pretty happy owning sort of um, RTS this week as well. Yeah, RTS. I'd be really happy to own this week. I think he's a VC option still. Maybe if you want a pod captain, um, I wouldn't be adverse to pod captaining him as well. Um, one of the things with the, you know, the Broncos had a really good win against the Roosters last week, so I'm not going to take anything away from them. But one of the things that you'll find is teams that are backing up from playing, um, say, the Storm or the Roosters, generally have a bit of a letdown week the next week. Um, even if they still win, they, they aren't quite as good. Um, and a lot of that's just been, you know, the mental preparation and taking on one of those top sides and trying to compete. So... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if Roger actually goes really well this week, um, and I'd be looking at a VC for him and Pod C potentially. In the old days, I'd go a VC on him. I just don't think he's got any of those um, those massive scores anymore. I'd be skipping him for the VC. But I'd, I'd I'd be more than happy to play him this week. But so the other guy that's um, a big talking point is Patrick Herbert. He he got ninety six points last week. So he went from a guy that I wish I'd never traded in to a guy that I loved trading in last week. I didn't get to play him. But um, he's now got a minus 22 BE, and it means that he's in the top few players being traded in at the moment at over 5%. Um, he's already made 108K, but minus 22 BE, he's still only 276K. He's actually going to play round 16 as well in the buy. Uh, are you seeing him as a, as a reasonable um, downgrade for people to get in to make an upgrade somewhere else ahead of the buys, even though he's not playing in round 12? Yeah, he's not the worst. Like... Think about what we said before, mate. Um, it's just all about numbers over the entire sort of uh, 34 players for, for two buyers. So rather than rather than downgrading to a bum like uh, Haroto, Haroki, the South Swinger, whatever his name is, instead of doing something like that, you could you could quite conceivably go um, a guy like him uh, as a cash out and do a decent upgrade elsewhere, knowing that you're going to get a better a, a better head for the next buy. And, and, a, and a cash injection, but um, I would only do it if you really, really needed needed the money to get a significant upgrade for uh, round 12 as well. Uh, I'm going to tip the Broncos in this one, but I think that both teams are going to um, get some points up. Billy, what do you reckon? I reckon Warriors get them, but it'll be a decent scoring affair. Next one, we got the Rabbitohs versus the West Tigers. Um, Corey Allen's still at fullback, which is good, but he scored like absolute mud last week, so I don't know how much it's going to matter for him. Uh, Herodi retains his spot on the wing, so it'll be his second game. Surprisingly enough, we've got Ethan Lowe named at centre in place of Turner. So uh, Wayne Bennett seems to like putting his old ageing forwards into that centre spot at the moment. Probably the big news for uh, the Tigers is Mahe Fenua is dropped. Momorowski comes into the centres in place of Fenua. Um, but we've still got David um, Nofaluma um, in jersey 18. Maybe he comes in. But he hasn't played all year, which is quite surprising. 
Um, this one here, Billy, um, probably the big thing is having a look at which of the rabbitos that you're potentially going to put the C on. Um, now, I know Semi Burgess got a 35 last week, which was horrendous, um, but the Tigers can give up some points, and I think it can be on their edges as well, and Semi Burgess has been a bit of a try machine. Do you think that he can bounce back this week and have a, another big performance? He can, but the thing about the Tigers is they can get they let a team like the Eels beat them, but then they can tight they can tighten everything up and not let the Storm or Broncos get through, mate. So um, I'd be a bit concerned chucking the C on a guy like Burgess on the edge in case he chucks up that forty or forty five score. I just like the idea of having um, Cook or Walker Walker in my team for the C. Someone that's going to get their hand on a little bit more of their hands on the ball, knowing that the Tigers will eventually leak a few points, but they might keep you they might keep it a nil for that first thirty minutes or so. Yep, um, I tend to agree there. Um, people are talking about benching Burgess, so and I would definitely play him despite his thirty five last week. I think the fact that he scored thirty five last week and he's playing the Tigers means he's unlikely to back that up with a similar score again. Cody Walker, you mentioned, though, he's another option. I quite like it, mate. I was just having a look at his numbers for this game. Out of 10 games so far this year, he scored a try in seven of them. And aside from round one, he hasn't scored below 60s in any game that he's played all year. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that stat. <laughs> the try one's the one that scares me. Yeah, look, it's the week to do it, isn't it? As a non I fear he's going to chuck up another 150. But... Also, as a non-owner, I don't want to get him knowing that his break-even is massive. He's potentially uh, going to get a bench spot for or any type of spot for Origin. And uh, I just don't want to get a, potentially risk getting a guy in the rest of the Tigers who can shut anyone out on their day. So I think he's a, if you've got him, yeah, pray for one, big, one last big score before you have to knock him out for a couple of weeks. I'm hoping he's not going to make the Origin team, and I don't actually think that he will. Um Little stat on Cody Walker for you, Billy. Aside from those other ones, in the three games that he hasn't scored in the last 10, he's still averaged 70 points. I know. It, it, just, it just scares me watching him knowing that he's on zero points for the first half and then he goes to 80 or is on, you know, sort of 80 points in the first half, then he goes to 85 by the, by the end of the game. It's just those, those five-point halves just concern me, but he just keeps producing, so... It's one of those rhetorical questions, though. Do you get him? No, he's a 700k. Do you get him? No, he's 750 <laughs> it's, got, it's got to stop at some point, but it just doesn't seem to be stopping. He's got 103B this week, but I think it, he's just the sort of guy that is going to break people's hearts and score like 105 points versus the Tigers. Um, yeah, I, I know. Awesome draw, too. Uh, I'm, I'm having a look at him for a serious C. He's a very good pot option, I think, against the Tigers. I, I'm definitely going for a try for him. Uh, and there's a sports bet one for you. He's been playing $2.30 to $2.40 to score a try, anytime scorer. And he's done it the last four games straight and five out of his last six. I'll tell you what, if you if you really were dead set on selling Martin, he's probably the one to get rid of for it. Oh, for sure. Um, Cody, I mean, if you, if you don't have Cody, uh, I wouldn't trade him in for this game unless you're a head-to-head and you don't care about um, the origin duty potentially. Wait until next Sunday to, to get the, um, the scoop on whether he's in the team or not. But if you own him, Jay-Z to be salivating, and I'm definitely looking at the C for him. Um, obviously, some other guys in this one. Um, Damien Cook is the other big C option, Billy. Um, wasn't as good last week, but we kind of expected that. Um, the, the Raiders have very good defense. Um, 
but he still scored 69 points. So when you say he wasn't as good, you know, he wasn't as good as 146, 109 the weeks before, but 69 points in that Raiders game is a very, very good score. Yeah, I'm happy with that, given the uh, call he were captains lately. And uh, do you reckon that he's a, a decent shot at as, as a C this week over those other guys there? Oh, yeah, um, 100%. Um, you, you just look at his rolling average, and even if, even if you have a bad week off him, like with 69 isn't exactly the worst for a captain. So, but even if you have a, a week like that, um, knowing that he's got a rolling 80 average, he's just going to come out the other, the other side of that with a 90 or 100 sooner or later. And, yeah, it's a good team to trial it against. This is just the sort of week that you want to own Walker, Sam Burgess, Murray, um, and Cook, all the big guns from the Rabbits in your team. I reckon that they're going to do this one by uh, 20-plus against the Tigers, um, and I'm looking forward to having those guys in my team, mate. Yep, yep, 100%. All right, so Bulldogs, Storm. Ockenboy is out for four to six weeks, which really sucks because he was obviously going to be a good number in round 12 and then a sell. Um, so Christian Crichton comes onto the wing. Uh, Chris Smith retains a lock position ahead of Reese Martin, which is just crazy. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen is back on the interchange bench, made 100K, looked scintillating last week, but Jerome Hughes goes straight back to the number one jersey. So, you know, we told everybody about this with Pappenhausen, Billy, that you just, you're going to have to settle for maybe, you know, 150K. Um, and him being a quick trade out, uh, and that's been the case. But Jeezy looked good last week in full flight. Oh yeah, but like we said, I think a lot of a lot of people knew that they just wanted to take the risk that uh, he was going to potentially score some decent points and was going to be a quick cash injection for them. Um, I think our current argument for that was you can you can just get Hudson Young, who's going to make the same sort of coin over, over three weeks and covers the, extra, the, the, the covers the buy for the extra points. So whatever. whatever um, Whatever eighty or ninety score that Pappenhausen made last week, Hudson will, Hudson will make it up in his forty or fifty points that he extra that he gives you in round twelve. So doesn't matter which one you got. You get either way, it's a win. But I tell you what, he's, he's a pretty exciting player to own. But um, it's just a shame that he's going to uh, drop in the coin again over over the next few weeks before the next buy before you get to play him again. You know what I'm really scared of though. You know he's had some massive games off the bench for the Storm, especially junk time games. And they're playing the Bulldogs. If they start putting on a score on the Bulldogs, I'm really worried that Pappenhausen's going to get 30 minutes and score 75 points in that 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, but he's, he's played another three games off the bench for 8, 10, and 7 or something or other. So 25% of the time he's gone crazy. The other 75% he's done nothing. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. So sticking on the storm, um, Cam Munster was pretty quiet on the weekend with a 45. So now he's sandwiched his 159 points in round 9 with a 46 and 48. Um, the trend is that he has a big game this week and he's against the Bulldogs. Uh, he looks like a pretty good option, Billy. Um, maybe as a pod C, potentially. Once bitten, twice shy, mate. I chucked a C on him a couple of weeks ago when he was at home versus the Warriors and ended up showing up something pretty mediocre. So I, um, I might steer clear him this week. I'm pretty much uh, the same. Let, 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 let me rephrase that. If you had an option... If you were, if you were going to pick an option in this game, he was hundred percent be the option. But I just think there's a couple of more staple guys like Cook who have attacking prowess. But you know that that high base um, being being tackle bots and runners in the in the middle versus uh, teams that are just as abysmal. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there's obviously Cam Smith um, potential to have a big game this week from the dog side. 
Um, there's really only um, CHN that we're hoping for. And I know that you mentioned, uh, you know, he initially scored that 58 points last week. He actually got upgraded massive. He, he scored an extra 20-point upgrade to score in the high 70s last week uh, and looked really good again on his return. So I'm playing him every single week in my centre wing at the moment, including this week. I don't know how many people actually own him, but um, that right that right side um, attack, you know, where um, uh, so the, the dog's left side defence... Um, I reckon this is the one week where Rudy bounces back. Oh, Vunivalu. Vunivalu's been doing nothing, nothing all year, and you know, you know the dogs, the dogs leak down that side. So yeah, Vuni might be um might be an option down that side, but um, geez, even though he's cheap as chips, he's just been so bad. I couldn't look at him, even for um, I might look at him as a quick round sixteen downgrade if he's only two hundred twenty grand or something. But yeah, he he might go well this week. He might be right. Um. Apart from that, though, there's not too much in this game. Do you think that the the Bulldogs that beat the Storm last matchup turns up, or do you think that the Dogs get towered by a um, motivated Storm outfit that have been a bit underperforming lately? I reckon the uh, Dogs get towered up, and that right side does a bit of damage. Probably more so the uh, the right the right edge second row. Fair call. Jaden Okaball's the most traded out player, but with good reason. At almost ten percent, you've got to get rid of him now. He's four to six weeks. Almost 400k, he's made 225k, got to get him out. Um, and that's probably all on the market watch front. Aside from one thing that I want to mention with Pappenhausen, he's the 10th most traded in player at the moment, Philly, for this week. Um, I know he went great last week, he's been named on the bench. He's still got a low break even, um, but geez, considering he's on the bench, I, I wouldn't be trading him in this week even with a low break even. I don't know what's going on there really. Not everyone does podcasts and homework and research and is as fanatical as us, mate. Um, lots of people do this just for a bit of fun and it's just a bit of cash for them, so <laughs> it's all good. Well, he's got a minus 72 BE, so I understand like you're probably going to get 40, 50 grand out of it this week, but yeah, I, you're going to struggle to get to that 100 grand, but good luck to you. Um, now, moving on to the next game of the round, we've got the um, Dragons versus Sharks. Uh, over at Wynn Stadium. So McGregor's made a lot of changes for this last game of the round. He's got Matt Dufty and Rabalawa dropped. Um, Zach Lomax moving to fullback. That's really good news for, for Zach Lomax. Um, Ewan Aitken's back at centre. Um, Jonas Pearson to make his club debut on the wing. Corbin Sims back. So that means that we do have a four-forward bench, um, including uh, Reese Robson, who's normally a hooker. He might play some back row potentially, if not hooker. So no backs on the bench. Sharky's Matt Moylan is back um, and pretty certain to play, it looks like. So that's good news for the Sharkies. Uh, this, these games between the Dragons and the Sharks, Billy, they've got quite a big um, rivalry. Who do you think is going to get up in this one? I have to say the Sharks, mate. The, the, um, the amount of changes and uh, the, the Dragons are going through at the moment. The, a lot of players playing the merry go round or out of position or trying something new. I, I just... I just don't think they'll get it right the first week. I reckon they lose a couple more before they bounce back. So, um, yeah, I reckon the Sharks come back on this one, buddy. Yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a tough one to pick. I, I think it might be a golden point, 17-16 affair, but both of these sides were awful last week. The Dragons getting absolutely flogged and the Sharks doing absolutely everything they could to lose to Manly uh, with some terrible, terrible attack. Um, so you'd hope that both of them bounce back for a good game. Other big news with this one, Billy... Um, is Andrew Fafita's um, been named again and is apparently healthy. So obviously last week he played 
and had a massive score. Um, looked like that he was odds-on chance not to play. Um, so those that held him um, have done well. Um, he does have only a 73 BE this week and didn't drop too much cash. So um, I guess everybody's praying to the gods that he played last week and scored that 100 points. Yeah, I prefer him better when he's injured, mate. <laughs> seems, to, seems to turn up a bit more. Um, yeah, I just wish I started him, that's all. Yeah, it's just a shame he doesn't play the first buy. He premier forward of the game, mate. But, um, yeah, it's good to see he's healthy again and uh, he's going to be raring to go on that front row because there's so many limited options there, mate. You you, you don't want to be rely, relying on Haas and Surges and praying that he gets that try because he, he, he is playing on the edge. So, yeah, just thank Christ if he's healthy, mate. Yeah, and, I mean, now that his health issues appear to be behind him and he's just thrown up that 100, do you see him at all as a captaincy option for this week, playing the last game of the round at a perfect time no. to, to put a C on? No? I, I, I could never do it to him because I don't, I don't know which FIFA he's going to turn up, mate. The, the, guy, the guy that needs a moon boot or the guy that gets dragged or um, the guy that doesn't get an offload away and only scores 55 points. Um, I'd just like the security of someone that, that, runs, that runs the ball a bit more and has more of a chance at line breaks. Yep. No, fair call. Um, the other thing that I'm having a look at with this one is um, obviously Britain Nakora is in a lot of teams. The Dragons edges um, actually give up a lot of points. Um, I think they're around the fourth or fifth most points uh, on the edges. So um, Britain Nakora might end up having a big game this one and I'm um, watching with interest for maybe a Hail Mary 100-point score at the end of the round from Britain Nakora, hopefully. I'm still waiting for the black outside in the tunnel, mate. He's dead set dropped more balls than, I don't know. I think of <laughs> think of an analogy. Yeah, the core is a gun. Uh, 52 for a 73 quarter. He has a pretty ordinary game. He's pretty good. So, yeah, he, he's just a keeper in that position. Um, who, know, who knows what's going to happen when uh, SJ comes back, but he just seems to get a lot more ball when, um, when SJ was there. Running off him really well. That was a really good uh, pre-season tip he gave us, mate. So, cheers for that one. Yeah, no worries, mate. I'm glad it worked out for you know pretty much the whole of Supercoach because everyone owns him. Uh, <laughs> that's the only annoying thing about him. Um, oh, I think I think you, you told everyone about Truex before he was named there to start the season, mate. So, good bit of info to prep for. Yeah, well, Bronson Zeri is the seventh most traded out player at the moment um, at almost 3%. I understand it. He's just lost a couple of grand. Um, the Dragons did just have a lot of points put on put on them, but I tend to think that, I know that Sherry's a, Sherry's a favourite of yours, um, and uh, people like Wilfred think that he's, he's close or every week and stuff, but after he's played this many games, it becomes, he can't just be close all the time and going to start scoring, it just becomes the point where he's just missing out on opportunities, and you know, he's got a 25 BE, so you could definitely hold him this week, but if guys have buy preparation, Billy, and they can't get all the trades done next week they need to, I understand getting rid of Bronson Sherry this week. Oh, yeah, I toyed with the idea myself, but looked at how many I've got for the next buy and thought, Ugh. when he has a softer draw, he, 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 they really they really attacked him outside. It's just a matter of if you're getting one or not. And up until recently, he was scoring sort of 40, 45, just being on the park and not doing much. So um, for those reasons, I'm prepared to give him um, a bit more of a break and decide that you know, I can probably do more with uh, with Oka and Aiken. So I'll give him a bit of a relief in there. Yep. Um, so that's the last one of the round, Billy. So big round of football this one. Um, thanks for jumping on again, mate. Hopefully it's a good week for you. I'm sick of hoping, mate. I'm just going to give the boys the uh, 
idea. Bit of a pep talk and uh, just tell them I'm adopting Mary's attitude, mate. Step up or go. <laughs> Good coaching technique, mate. Thanks, buddy. All right, everyone. So thanks for listening again. You can download us as always on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, also follow us on NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Uh, and give us a share around if you're enjoying the listen as well so we can get some more listeners in. That's great. Otherwise, guys, we've got two trading rounds left before we're into the first buy, so hopefully you're all prepped. If not, you've still got four trades left over the next two weeks, so use them wisely, have some good captaincy choices this week, and we'll chat to you next one.